This is our Igris year. We're back. And we are, once again, from letters 50 years ago. We're looking at a letter that is almost exactly 50 years ago. Chof Iyar Tavshin Lamed Gimel. It's up on the screen. The letter is Yud Tavshin Ayin Vav. And uh, we're going to talk about the Rebbe's liberal agenda. That is exactly the way that I would like to frame this. We don't have a lot of uh, liberal causes that uh, that you see the Rebbeim of Chabad get behind so strongly. The fact is that liberal and conservative are not really things that touch Yiddishkeit at all. We simply have MS. And sometimes MS happens to be Democratic, and sometimes MS is Republican, and more often than anything else, MS is neither, which has at least been my personal experience with politics. However, uh, here we have a uh, what a lot of people would consider a very liberal way of looking at criminal justice, at looking at criminal justice reform, and it is one of the Rebbe's, um, how do I say this? One of the Rebbe's favorite ideas, in that the Rebbe, year after year after year, mentions that he wants to see prisons handled differently in America. In the letter we have in front of us, he discusses how he'd like prisons to be handled in Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe wants us to change how we do prison, whether we do prison at all. So that's what we're going to discuss today. We're going to look at a letter from the Rebbe where he imagines what the ideal prison would look like. And then we're going to look at a sicha together where he lays out the Torah's view about prison, about criminal justice, about jails, and uh, what the Rebbe wants us to do. And finally, we're going to talk a little bit about whether it actually happened. I have good news for you, a spoiler. I'm not good at keeping secrets. This is one of those rare cases where the Rebbe called for something and people actually did something about it, and it worked. A lot of times, the Rebbe at Fabrengens asks for things. We see the letters, we see the Fabrengens together, and we all go, anybody know if this ever happened? Maybe in a small way. Uh, this is one of the times where the Rebbe called for something, and it really did happen in a very big way, and actually only recently. So that's what we're going to discuss today. Let's start with the letter. <clears throat> Letter we have here is to, I don't really know who this is. Uh, this is Amar Avrami. That's, that, that abbreviation, Samach Gimel Dalit. If you look at the bottom, it's Skan Gundar. I went and looked up what that was. Then Eretz Yisrael, that's uh, even today in Medinat Yisrael, that is the um, designation for the person who's like second in command at a prison. So he's some kind of a warden, some kind of a prison warden. He's the Menahel, that's the warden, of Machana Maseu. Maseo? Maseo, I think. Maseyahu. Yeah, Masayahu prison. So that's the Masayahu prison. I didn't know this, but Masayahu prison is actually, I believe, even today, the largest prison in Eretz Israel. I had no idea. I went, I, they have a Wikipedia page. So I checked their Wikipedia page. I also discovered on their Wikipedia page that this prison is named after Masayahu, who is in Tanakh, in Yermio, in Yermio 35-4. People don't know Yermio. I don't know Yermio that well either. But when I was in high school, they had a, uh, in the Sifta, the, uh, the Rosh Yeshiva taught us Yermio for some reason. It was his favorite thing. So of all the books of Tanakh, I randomly know Yermio a little better than the other ones. In Yermio, one of the prophecies God gives him is Evisha uh, tells Yermio, go to a certain family and tell them you're going to have a wine date with them. Tell, bring a whole lot of wine. We're all going to have wine together. So Yermio brings them wine, unsuspectingly, brings them wine and says, I have a command from God to drink wine with you. And they said, we're not doing it. We don't drink wine. Don't, don't you know our family? We were told generations ago that we're not going to drink wine. We're not going to touch this stuff. <clears throat> and uh, we've listened to our ancestors for generations. We don't drink wine. Yermio went back to God and said, what was that all about? And God said, now tell the people, see, if they're willing to listen to their ancestors, the Jews should be willing to listen to me. Classic prophecy twist. Anyway, in that story, when they go to the location, the location given is, that the person who was in charge of the gates there, who was the gatekeeper, the guard of the gates in the time of Yermio, was named Masayos. So they actually named a prison after him. They named the prison after the guy who was the guard of the gates in the times of Yermio. Why am I telling you this? Just because it's interesting. Okay, looking at the letter. Shalom Ubracha the Rebbe said. Nenezi the Kav Mechtava Idea Rav Rainus Shechia Mitzira Gudas Chabad. He says, I was very happy to receive a letter from Tzira Gudas Chabad. Because you had a Purim celebration in the, in the, in the Masayahu prison. The Rebbe says, I'm sorry, I haven't responded to your letter before now. The Rebbe says, he's been very busy. 
This is the part that is uh, relevant to us. That this this prison, this house, that you became the warden of. Let's just pause here for a minute to reflect on the fact that the Rebbe is talking to a prison warden and telling him that God decided you'd be in charge of a group of prisoners. Just, I don't think most wardens think that way. The Rebbe says, I hope it should be God's will that this prison should turn from a prison, Kipshute, the base Sahar, into a house of the moon. Sihara Yareach, Shtapkire Lehara So this should not be a prison that holds people and locks them away from society, but it should be a prison that allows them to reflect light onto society. Shtapkire Lehara that your prison should become a lighthouse. Once again, not the way people think about prisons. Hainu, Shakalin Nichnas, the base of the Bayezeb Ezamatu Shihia, whenever anybody enters your prison for whatever reason or whatever situation they were in when they entered, Yatsa Mateche, Mimatsu Shayareach, Milue Lehara I hope that they leave in a way that they are like a moon that is a full moon that is ready to shine onto the land. The Rebbe wants to see people come out the other end of prison reformed. That they should be a dogma chaya, they should end up being good examples for what a proper life should be. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what he's referring to. It says, I guess worthy of their names. I don't think it's worthy of the name of life. I think it's worthy of the names of the prisoners. I'm not sure. But certainly they should live lives that are worthy of the life in Eretz Yisrael specifically, because again, this is an Israeli prison. The land that God's always looking at. With proper organization. The, the uh, effect of this prison that it should have a uh, that it should change people and make them better and make them go on to worthy lives is the Rebbe says mainly on the prison hanhala. It's on you guys to make sure that you're doing things properly and setting things up so that they succeed once they leave. This chosrab misayet misayet mis I don't know how to pronounce misayet. Anyway, this chosrabim should help them. This chosrabim should help all of you. You should have uh, with kavan and bracha and, uh, and success in all of these things. These things. So what do we have from the letter? We have from the letter that the Rebbe wants a prison to not just be a place that locks people up, but a place that changes people, makes them better. And the Rebbe has a very optimistic view of prison. He says, anybody in charge of a prison is there, that it should be their job to make sure that the prison is a place that turns from Beis HaSayhar into Beis Sihara, a house of the moon that um, has prisoners leaving. Maybe they come in as a small crescent moon or as a, as a new moon. By the time they leave, they're a full moon ready to shine their light in the entire world and make the world a better place. So the Rebbe sees a prison as a stepping stone to a better life, not as a place where we lock up the bad guys. This is the Rebbe Shita all over the place. Uh, the Rebbe spoke about prison reform a lot. There are a bunch of sikhs in Lamed Vav about it, Argon letters from Lamed Gimel. So I don't know of any time that the Rebbe spoke publicly between this letter and Lamed Vav about it, but we have several sikhs in Lamed Vav where the Rebbe gets into it. I don't know exactly why that year was an exciting year for the Rebbe about prison reform, but he talks about it like three or four times in that year. In 1981, the Rebbe again mentions in the Sikha, uh, prisons, but this time he doesn't talk about prison reform, about turning turning prisons into a place that make people better, not just a place that lock people up. In that Sikha, he talks about the fact that Yidin, by 1981, the Chabad movement was very into Shlichas. In the 80s, it was when you saw a big boom of people going out on Shlichas. The Rebbe says in 1981, everybody's very excited about going out on Shlichas and helping Yidin, who are desirable, Yidin who people like, but no one wants to touch the prisons, no one wants to help out with the prisons. Shalom Lipsker is at this Fabrengen, that's the Shalom Lipsker in Baal Harbor, in Baal Harbor. Um, he is at this Fabrengen, 
And he says, we've got to change something. He founds the Aleph Institute, which I think many of us are familiar with. The Aleph Institute nowadays is involved not just in prisons and not just in criminal justice reform, but also in like chaplaincies for the military. They do everything now. But he founded that in response to the Rebbe Sicha in 1981 uh, to promote the Rebbe's vision for at first just taking care of prisoners. And initially what they were doing was they were just making sure prisoners had access to Yiddishkeit. But over time, he started introducing into the Aleph Institute the Rebbe's vision for making prisons a place that doesn't just lock people up, but makes them better. In 1985, Lipsky got permission from the Bureau of Prisons to take a group of 20 screened prisoners from 12 federal facilities for a mentorship program outside of prison. So he takes these 20 prisoners who've been pre-screened. I guess they're nonviolent, or at least they're not afraid they're going to run away. I don't know how they screened them. They took these 20 prisoners to New York, and they arranged for Rabbi Lipsky arranged for them to attend Defa Brangen, Parshas Nasse, 1985. Um, the people here are old enough that some of us might remember it. Does anybody here remember Defa Brangen from 1985? You don't, you, you don't have to out yourself as being that. <laughs> you don't have to I out was kind of born that year. Okay. I'm saying, look, 85 is now very much in our territory, right? Okay. It was, it was the year of my bar mitzvah, but I don't, uh, my bar mitzvah was in 85, but I don't remember the Fabregans. Okay, so this was Fabregans Parshas Nasse uh, in 1985, and they had these 20 prisoners at the Fabregans. Rabbi Lipsky reserved a table for them because he thought it was going to get pretty crowded at 1.30, just before the Fabrengen was about to start, the Rebbe sent a message to Rabbi Lipska by way of the Maskiris, saying that the group should not sit together at the table because people are going to see a bunch of non-Lubavitchers walk into the Fabrengen, sit at a table together. Everyone's going to ask where they're from, and everybody's going to figure out their prisoners, and they'll be embarrassed. So he asked Rabbi Lipska to spread them out around the entire room. So we have here 20 federal prisoners spread out around the room at the Fabrengen at Parshas Nase in 1985 in Memhe. The reason why I'm telling you this is that at that Fabrengen, the Rebbe very directly talked about prison reform. At the Fabrengen, where the prisoners are sitting there. That's the one in front of us right now. We have a second uh -huh. in front of us. I cut it, so we're only going to look at these two pages. It's not terribly long. It is terribly interesting. Where the Rebbe talks to the prisoners, if you look at footnote 126, uh, down here, footnote 126, he says, at this Fabrengen, there was a group of prisoners who had just been given off for Shabbos. So the Rebbe is talking very directly to the prisoners, and of course to us as well. There's something that is connected to Teres Abal Everything a person sees, they have to assume is a heira and aveda, that I have to act a certain way based on what I see, because I see everything. So I want to talk about prisoners. So what's the Rebbe saying? I look around the room, I see prisoners. So let's talk about prisoners. Okay. The entire idea of having prison as a way of a punishment, the Rebbe says. There's no such Indian in the Torah of punishing people by locking them up. We have in the Torah a whole bunch of punishments. Because people get punished financially, they get punished by being smacked around by a whip. So we kill people. But we never put people in prison. The Rebbe then has two paragraphs here we're going to skim right over where he says there are a couple places in the Torah that mention prison, but they're not relevant to us. For example, Yosef was put in prison. But he says, I look at the bottom of the, the, the paragraph, He was put in prison in Egypt. That's the way Egyptians act. It's not the way Jews act. Then we also have two cases in the Torah where someone was put in Mishmar, the Mekala and the Mekeshish, are both put in Mishmar. But as the Rebbe says, that was only temporary because we were trying to figure out the Piyashem. We had to figure out what to do with them. But they weren't supposed to stay there for any period of time. We just had to ask, what do you do with this Avera? Also, we have, an, we have a punishment that is kippa, where you put people into a confinement for a period of time, and we fill their belly with barley and water, and they end up sort of exploding. And uh, the Rebbe says, Ki im acher. The point there isn't to put them in prison, it's the beginning of a different punishment. But there is no concept in Torah of putting people in prison. There is no such thing in the Torah as, as getting punished by going to jail. 
And the Rebbe explains why. The point of a person who's on this earth is every person is created to serve Hashem. And to make a dwelling place for God in this world. There's no point in putting a person behind a lock. The Rebbe says, the whole point of being here is to do our job in serving Hashem and locking a person up is The reason why the terror doesn't have any concept of prison is because this doesn't allow a person to fulfill their purpose in this world. The Rebbe says, when it comes to the other nations, when it comes to other nations, the simplest thing in the world is to lock people up. Ask anybody who's not Jewish, the most obvious punishment is lock them behind bars. Uh, even in Mitzrayim, when Yosef was put in prison, but even earlier, even earlier than that, Certainly since Mitzrayim, it has only become more popular. Even nowadays. When, even when it comes to the nations of the world, the Rebbe says they're beginning to notice that this doesn't work. The awakened nations, the progressive nations. Nations that pride themselves in running their countries with Tzedek and Yeshua, the Goyesha nations. There has been a generally good change, the Rebbe says, they've changed how prisons are done. There's been prison reform. The point of prison is no longer in a lot of these enlightened nations just to make somebody suffer. It's meant to have a point. The main point is, first of all, to prevent people from hurting others. To uh, what, what, What's the language I'm looking for in English? There's a word for this in English. Um, Whatever, we lock people up so that they don't hurt other people. I can't think of the word right now. But there's nice of And in addition to that, more than that, they're giving people the opportunity to use their time correctly when they're in prison, to help reform people, to help rehabilitate people so that they can be released into society and be productive again. So they can have a new life after they leave the base. The Rebbe says in this paragraph, there are some nations that have not become so progressive, but the Rebbe says you'll find in these nations they're pretty nasty to people who aren't in prison too. So the, the nations that are not progressive about prisons tend to be pretty rotten to everybody, not just their prisoners. When I'm talking anyway, the Rebbe says about Medinas like America that are based on Tzedek and Yesha, based on justice, and uprightness, they're trying to decrease the suffering of people who are prisoners, and more than anything else, the most important thing, trying to make them better, prison reform and the I guess criminal reform. Making people able to, when they leave prison, turn over a new leaf. Um, that's what we're talking about here. And the Rebbe says this is a very good thing. I'm just moving along because I don't want to get stuck in a sikha the whole time. This is something that Rebbe is, of course, very passionate about. That uh, in addition to those things that we talked about, that they're able to improve their lives in prison in these progressive countries, they're also able to take part in religion in prison. What is that? I wonder if that's supposed to be a ches. I think it might be a... I think there might be a, a, a misprint there. There's a huskim. Okay, in any case. Similarly, prisoners are occasionally allowed to leave the prison, as in the case when the Rebbe has prisoners in front of him who've been allowed to leave. Anyway, the Rebbe says, I'm very happy with this idea of prison reform. I'm very happy with the idea of prisoners getting the opportunity to uh, to enrich themselves in prison, to enrich their religious life and also their normal life outside of religion, in prison to become better. And then the Rebbe has a hero for everybody, saying that we too are in prison. The Rebbe says, what is, what is Golas? anyway 
It's like being put in prison. The fact that we're not able to do the mitzvahs that have to do with the base of Mikdash, since we're in Golas, this is like somebody trapped in prison. A person in prison isn't able to do what they want, and they're not able to fulfill their role. We're in Golas, so we're unable to do it. We want it. We're unable to fulfill some of our roles, some of the mitzvahs that we're trying to do. In addition to the fact that we've been taken away from our home in Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim. Uh, so in addition to the fact that we have been taken away from our home, and that's why we're in Golis, we also are unable to do the things that fulfill our purpose, and that's very similar to someone in prison who's taken far away from their home and is unable to fulfill their purpose. The Rebbe says, just like I would like prisons to exist in order to reform people and reform societies, I would like Golis to exist for that reason too. Why are we in Golis? Why has God put us in a spiritual prison so that we can go even higher? Even when we're in Golis, our prison. What we should do is exactly what good prisoners do in prison, right? You get off early for good behavior, and you uh, and you spend time trying to get a, you spend time trying to learn more. You spend time trying to learn job skills to improve yourself. That ever wants us while we're in our gullus prison to do the same thing that he wants people in regular prisons to be able to do: enrich themselves so that when they do finally leave prison and when we finally leave gullus, we'll find ourselves significantly better than the way that we came in. There's a couple sikhas that go al darachazeb, but this is probably the core sikha where the Rebbe lays out exactly what he would like to see prisons do and what he considers what he considers good for prisons. Now, the question that I want to end on is whether this actually happened. I know I hinted at the beginning that in a in a way it kind of did. So first of all, the Rebbe in the sikha is already talking about the fact that that America is getting better at this and he's encouraging it. Uh, and the Rebbe wants to see it happen even more. And uh, throughout the years, Rabbi Lipsker got many adrachas from the Rebbe, very specifically, that the Rebbe wanted to see criminal justice reform, prison reform, once prison to be less of a lock a person away, lock a person up and throw away the key, and more of a rehabilitation program that makes people better. So I do want to let you know, I think this is a, it's a law that passed relatively recently and a little bit quietly, and people don't know that it was entirely or mostly, not entirely, but mostly the efforts of Aleph, specifically at the guidance of the Rebbe, the major criminal justice reform relatively recently passed. So Aleph, uh, combined with an advocacy group from Square, they've been lobbying for criminal justice reform since the 90s, uh, trying to get prisons, trying to get prisons to be more progressive in the way that the Rebbe is describing, that they want prisons to be more rehabilitative and less punishment. So they've been pushing for this since the 90s, and it hadn't made a whole lot of progress. In 2018, it finally went through, and uh, I, I didn't even notice that. I, I went back to look to see if this has ever happened. I didn't realize that we were we were materially involved. So in 2018, Senate approved the First Step Act. Are you familiar with the First Step Act? I, I read about it today. So the First Step Act had an enormous majority when it got approved, 87 votes to 12, and it made it out of the House 358 to 36. So we're talking enormous bipartisan majorities, and it was signed into law by then-President Trump, who was encouraged by Jared Kushner, whose father had been to prison, because you know Trump was Trump ran on the platform that he was going to be tough on criminal on, 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 on criminal justice, so people didn't think it would pass under Trump, but uh, Jared Kushner helped push it through. So it was just the right situation, the right time. The people pushing this were Aleph. And what does this bill do? This first, uh, what is it called? The First Step Act. It expanded early transfer to home confinement, so it lets people leave leave jail early as long as and, and go into house arrest. Uh, if they agree to participate in job training, it uh, it advocated for more. Uh, it, it I guess it assigned money from uh, more re-entry programming uh, to help people get back into society and reduce recidivism, which is when you go back to prison, which happens unfortunately too much. It modified a bunch of mandatory sentencing laws so that some people who did relatively minor crimes, the judge will be allowed to use some discretion to try to give them shorter sentences. 
It also ensured that people who are in prison stay closer to their families and made a law that passed that they have to be with them, to be placed within 500 miles of their homes, allowing family to visit them so they can remain connected with their families. So this was pushed through largely by Aleph and almost entirely. I need to ask Rabbi Lipsker. He'll tell you that Aleph pushed this through because the Rebbe called for it so often and Aleph had been pushing for this for years and it finally passed. So we do actually have a law on the books now that is uh, that it would not be it would not be at all uh, a stretch to say come from this sicha and from this letter that Rebbe's dream that he began molding in the 70s and then spelled out very clearly in the 80s finally came to fruition in a pretty big way in 2018. I'm sure there's still more work to do to fulfill the Rebbe's mission, mission fulfill the Rebbe's vision of prison being a place that fixes people, doesn't just hurt people, but uh, but we're getting there. And it seems to me that a lot of the most recent progress in this area has been entirely from Shluchim of the Rebbe, or largely from Shluchim of the Rebbe, pushing the Rebbe's vision. Okay, that's it. Wow.